you can't hear anything. <laughs> I can hear it now. Now you can hear it. So we just blew our intro <laughs> because because, of because once I, had the, I had the hey, volume down for the like, audio track <laughs> and you thought that it was hey, broken. I, I can't hear anything. You assumed that it was broken <laughs> and so you blew the intro. So we're going to have to re-record this. Y'all know so, we're, not, we're not re-recording this. Just what? so you know. <laughs> oh no, we're putting this. We're putting this Zach is, in his true uh, element on full display. <laughs> and hey, I can't. I'm like, I can't. I can't. God, yeah, I can't hear like, anything. And then you're like, what? And it picks up right like, into the recording. I, I knew what was going on. So I actually I turned the volume down <laughs> for the audio track so we wouldn't get feedback while we were doing oh, the we're intro. Bumping to some the intro. amateur stuff here, but you know. It works. If it works, it works. You need to tell me. Like, if it doesn't work, give it doesn't me a heads up. Work. Because I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm here to look good. It's you're not even doing that. Well, <laughs> consider. This. Oh my god. <laughs> By comparison, maybe. But what are what are we comparing <laughs> to? I think is the real question. What is that? <sighs> That's bear shit. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway. Uh, I think on. we just successfully rambled enough for one for intro. a minute and fifty-two seconds. Yeah, almost two whole minutes of us just rambling about nothing. I also like the fact that you had to move your mic out of your face so you could drink Mountain Dew. That's you know what? I'm back in my and face. now you're back in into the front of his face. How was that Mountain Dew, Zach? It was. Delicious. Was it delicious? We should be sponsored by Mountain Dew. We should. They won't. And only be paid Mountain Dew. No, no, oh, no. Yes. This is happening. So I gotta make a call. I got bills to pay, okay? I need money. <laughs> I can't pay my mortgage in Mountain Dew. <laughs> I can. Yeah, well you, you can't. You and I both know you. I'll make it happen. Why do I always have to be the responsible one? <laughs> because Look at me. And I can't I'm not, figure out an intro, Kyle. I'm not Let's even, figure it out. I'm not even responsible. That's a scary thing. You're the one with the house. I feel bad for your wife. <laughs> so do I. I do. <laughs> so um, do I. Oh, man. I don't All know right, how so, she hasn't stabbed me yet in my sleep. How many? How close do you think she's gotten? <laughs> like hovering over you in the middle of the night kind of close? <laughs> like or? eyes glowing in the glint of the yeah. moonlight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The knife in her hand? I would, dude, I'd check your life insurance and make sure she hasn't jacked it up or anything. <laughs> you know, we call that a, we call that premeditation. We call that their clue. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We have. Oh. So I had a topic of the day is the hiring process. I had an oral. Oh, that's board. right. Yeah. We were going to talk about stuff. Yeah. Just I had. Ripping on each other. I had an oral board and the, the HR lady was telling me. We have health insurance, and I was like, cool, don't tell the wife. Or life, life insurance. insurance. Jesus. Yeah. I can't even tell a joke properly. You're just I'm fun. useless. I'm done. Useless. <laughs> I'm done. I Ladies can't. and gentlemen, Zach has been fired from the Chip Change podcast. <laughs> Which would be funny if this was actually any sort of a profit. You can't fire business. me. You can't fire me. Like, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I quit. All right, anyway. Uh, what were we talking about? Life insurance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, so what do you have for a base policy then for your life insurance? Because I know 
die because yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to spend the next two hours, guys, talking about life insurance policies, premiums, deductibles, how to get paid out, how to make it look like an accident. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine how terrible and boring that would be? That would be God. That would be God off. Like, there would be people like, you could fake that. And, yeah. And yeah. start faking it. So yeah. Get out of it. Yeah. Anyway, no, let's not do that. That got morbid. Yeah. That escalated so, kind of quickly. Yes. Yeah, so no, what we're actually talking about today, as well, previously the the one to. The one question that I think most cops probably get most often, other than, you know, what's the craziest call you've had? Can I go down that road? Yes. <laughs> I live right there. Can I just drive down there? Yeah, oh, no. okay, yeah. Well, so what I, happened? Shark attack. Shark attack. Shark I got a buddy who used that on a call one time. I, I do that. Yeah. I want to try it once. Right, right in the middle of the desert. Well, yeah. what's going on down the road? Shark attack. Yeah. Man, it's a mess. I'd really like... <laughs> you, don't, you don't trust me. It's for your own good. You don't want yeah, to Yeah, go around, bro. It's a lot of blood. Uh, no. Um. So the one question that I get the most, usually ironically, is from people that I'm either like stopping and citing or arresting, which... You know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. If I had a dollar for every person that I've arrested... That asked me, "How do I become a cop?" Yeah, I'd probably have copies. This is pretty cool. How do you? Yeah, I'm going to be a cop someday. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah, I'd probably have about thirty dollars in this job. Yeah, yeah, right. So anyway, what we're talking about, as you might have figured out by now, is going to be the the golden question that I think a lot of police officers get from the public is, "How do I become a cop?" And I want to preface this with. These are just my and Zach's experiences. Uh, your your experience may differ. Well, and it's kind of nice because my experience is in a completely different state than Kyle's experience. So this is going to be interesting. Yeah. So um, first of all, we, we got to start with know your state, know your area, know where you want to work. Because you know, a lot of that is going to dictate how you get hired on where you want to work. Because some states require uh, degrees. Yep. Um, some states require just an academy. Yep. Um, some states require some combination of the two. And the thing you got to watch out for is um, certain states, like the state that we're in, actually requires a degree from certain accredited institutions that are uh, run law enforcement programs that it's kind of a partnership with the state, with the post board, um, the police officer standards and training board that regulates all police officers in the state. So this post board, you know, says to these certain schools, you know, this is the curriculum that you must have uh, to basically create police officers uh, through your degree. And this, these are the courses that we require, the hours that you have to take on certain topics, and then you have to do the hands-on stuff. That's a whole other uh, deal we'll get into. But um, so look at your state. Every state's got some type of a regulatory board for police officers. And it will talk that most, I'm sure, you know, most states will have information on the basic requirements of what you need to do to be eligible to be a peace officer. Uh, and, and almost every state, I think you you have to be a, uh, a U.S. citizen. Yep. Um, you have to be over 18. Yep. Um, no felony convictions. No domestic certain, violence. Certain misdemeanors, domestic violence, stuff like that. DUIs. A lot of states are 
you know, it used to be that you could have, I think, like, one DUI, and certain, a lot of states are cracking down on that. Yeah, um, drug convictions. Yeah, drug convictions are a no-go. Uh, the biggest thing that I tell uh, younger people that want to get into law enforcement, like, say, they're in high school or just getting out of high school, and they ask me, what do I need to do? The first thing I tell them, don't be stupid. And it seems like such an easy thing, right? But you're going to get out of high school and you're going to go to college, right? And in college, you're going to have all these temptations. And it's so easy to be stupid and ruin your career before it starts. Yo. You know, and I, the biggest thing that I see with people is they end up getting minors when they're in college. Is that going to get you washed from being a police officer? It depends. But Most likely not. Um I have heard of police officers that had, you know, underage consumption about a minor. Uh, it's kind of a local or what they call it colloquialism or whatever that you would say. Um, it's it's an underage consumption of alcohol citation. Uh, all I'm going to say is most agencies that I know of will not wash you out just for having an underage consumption. Um, <clears throat> but you got to remember that the hiring process in law enforcement there, for some reason, agencies are very big on lists, and you get, from the second you turn your application in, it gets reviewed, and you get put on a list. Yep. And that list is constantly changing and evolving and getting, you're moving up, you're moving down, yep. you're going different places in that list. Until they get to the end of their hiring process, they get this final list, and then they start pulling from the top. Yep. The thing that I'm going to say is your criminal record, including traffic, citations, and, and the like, I think it plays a part in your position on that list. It will. Yeah, it will. And so if you and your buddy went to college together and you got similar grades, did the same degree, had same life and, and employment experiences, but your buddy doesn't have an underage consumption. Because they didn't get caught. He's... <laughs> <laughs> He is probably going to be a step or two higher than you on yeah. that list. Um, and and you got to look at it from the perspective of the potential agency. It's risk management. You know, I, I really think that's what it is. You know, they're looking yeah. at, well, this guy's got some type of an alcohol offense on his record, and this guy doesn't. It's, it's I mean, it's common sense. I think that, you know, most people would look at it that way. Uh, so that's kind of what I tell the younger uh, generation that's coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's look at... Um, you're you're currently in the hiring process. I so am. Take yeah. me from top top to bottom. So the first thing I works. did in my in my specific case is I am moving from Colorado to a completely different state, and I actually wanted to come to this state, but this state has a reciprocity standard that sucks. Higher. Yeah. So because I do not have a two year degree. And this state requires a two-year degree with the amount of experience I have. Not a bad thing. It really isn't. I just disagree with it because it doesn't work for me. for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I personally, personal opinion, I think degrees don't make good cops. They make indebted cops. And I think the system yes is no. good. At- I think um, you see, I think you come out of, college with a certain set of skills 
I don't know yeah, if they how does I don't know for the academy. Well, yeah, and I don't know if they completely apply to law enforcement, but I can definitely see like because so in my case, I just completed a bachelor's program. Um, I did learn a bit from the bachelor's program, but more so than the actual content in the program, I learned how to time budget and time management and manage different tasks and assignments while working full time um, Mm -hmm. and managing my, my assignments at my job. And so it taught me a lot on task management. Yeah. Um, So you'll be a chief someday with that. I will never, I'll never be a chief. I don't know if I'd go that. But you know, when you do become chief, like, I don't know if I'd go that far. You know, Zach, I, I, I think I'd be a pretty good <laughs> assistant chief. Assistant chief. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I had to, we're moving closer to family because we just had a kid and everything. and uh, So the first thing I had to do was look to see where I could be hired in my area I was kind of aiming for. And I kind of landed on a state that, um, I think is better anyway. And uh, Look, when I get established, have, you come work yeah, with me. Yeah. And just because they don't have an income tax doesn't mean it's that much better. Yeah, right. It doesn't have an income yeah, tax. Okay. Anyway, so, um, so what I did uh, was I started looking specifically for agencies that were hiring mm-hmm. with the qualifications. So what I first thing I did is this agency hiring. After I find an agency that's hiring or accepting applications, before I waste my time, before I waste their time, I look at qualifications. Like the minimum, you'll you'll find yep. um, if you if you look at any any police department that's hiring, every single job posting that I've ever seen has got right in the job posting minimum required yes. uh, qualifications. Usually, that's going to be depending on your state. Now, yep. um, in most states, it's going to say you know over eighteen has a high school diploma. Um, possibly a two-year degree Degree, or some equivalent, you know, number of credits, college credits. Not all places require a degree. Maybe they'll require that you have uh, 60 credit hours or whatever of post-secondary education. So I get really snuffy about the two-year degree and everything because I disagree with that. But there are a lot of agencies where if the even if the state doesn't require, because some of the bigger agencies that I was really looking at in uh, in this state and the state bordering the northern part of mm-hmm. these two states um, require a two year degree for that specific agency mm-hmm. in Colorado. They had agencies that pay a ninety thousand dollars starting requiring bachelor's require a bachelor's mm-hmm. degree. So that kind of sucks. When you don't go and get that higher education, you do end up missing out on some of those opportunities, but it is what it is. Well, I think where, you know, uh, uh, a potential applicant's going to have to, well, if you're, if you're at the point in your life right now where you're kind of planning your career, um, first of all, I don't know why you would even be thinking about going to law enforcement. Yeah, everybody kind of hates us at the moment. I don't know if you guys watch the news. That'll change in six months. Yeah. But, um, anyway... If you're at the point where you know you're you're planning your future, you need to look at the the cost benefit analysis of a bachelor's degree. You know, because if you're gonna go and get your bachelor's degree and spend maybe fifty grand on that and then work in an agency <clears throat> that's not gonna pay you anymore pay for you it. Seventeen ninety five an hour. Right. Uh-huh. You're 
there's no, you know, maybe that's not the wisest decision. But now, I'm sorry, go ahead. If, if your if your uh, life plans involve maybe getting into some type of a supervisory position or uh, upwards from that, you know, maybe that bachelor's degree is going to pay off in the long run. You know, there are actual agencies out there that will pay more starting mm-hmm. in an entry-level position mm-hmm. based off of education education yeah. as well. There are agencies that require if you want to uh, promote to be yeah. a supervisor, you have to have that two years. So it's not a bad thing. I just yeah. get butthurt about it because I've, I've been kind of wrecked by the system. Anyway, so after... Um, after I look at minimum qualifications and I go, okay, I qualify for this. I start looking and doing a little research into that agency, um, to make sure that it's a, it's where you want to be. Yeah. Um, do um, a ride along with that agency, hundred oh yeah. percent, do yeah. a ride along with that agency. And find the, the thing that I found, cause I've done my fair share of agency shopping and yep. my days, um, find the kind of salty, crusty old guy. <laughs> yeah, the guy who's not going to lie to doesn't you. really, you know... Doesn't give a crap if yeah. you don't work for him or not. And find him and deal deal with his, you know, bitterness. But you're going to figure out real quick what the issues are in that agency. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, every agency has problems. Yes. Every agency has problems. You're never going to find the perfect agency. Nope. Um, Now, the name of the game, I think, is figuring out what those problems are. And and is this something I can deal with? Yep. Is this something I can't deal with? Yep, yep, yep. While you're looking around, also think about your long-term five-year goal, ten-year goal, career goal. Yep. Um, Yep. Is this agency going to accommodate that? Yep. If you're looking for, you know, upward career development... And you're looking at a town with 2,000 people in it that has a chief and and three patrol officers. Yeah, you're not going to become a narcotics detective working with right. And and, you know if if you got if you get into this tiny department and you got three officers ahead of you and a chief who's maybe in his 30s, get comfy because you're not going anywhere for a long time. Yeah. You know, but that depends on, again, that depends on your career goals. Right. Don't expect to do anything fun. Well, well, other than patrol, because that's a blast. And there's a reason why guys get out of things like SWAT and go back detectives to and go to patrol. Yeah. Um, but just understand you're not going to go from uh, being a regular patrol dude on FTO Mm-hmm. And then a year later, become a like firearms instructor, right? Or but FTO. The or flip side of that. The flip side of that too, though, dude. is you know if you're wanting to do uh, big city stuff, you want to work on a drug task force or do investigations and stuff like um, that. Yeah, um, that's where you're probably going to need to go. But just keep in mind that if you're looking for that small town kind of feel, you're not going to find that in a city with a hundred thousand people in it. Nope. You know. Nope. Even if. The, even if the recruitment video says you are. Right, yeah. No, so, but yeah, do your research into that agency. Do a ride-along. I couldn't, I can't stress that enough. Um, and, and then ask questions. Ask all ask the questions. Ask good questions. There there are, don't ask dumb questions. Well, so there <laughs> I've, are, I've had riders that ask really dumb questions, and you're like, eh, well, it's kind of a retarded question. Yeah. I can't say that. 
So, um, but, you know, ask a bunch of questions. There are agencies out there that you have to buy your own firearm and you have to buy your own All uniforms your and stuff. Equipment, um, your whereas, and yeah, and, and whereas other agencies, they buy all that stuff yeah. for you. And other agencies, that some agencies that buy all that stuff for you won't let you go and, you know, buy your own mm-hmm. rifle or, or pistol or let you use your own. They dictate everything. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of big agencies actually do mm-hmm. that. So it seems to me, and I don't know if it's just a personnel management kind of thing, and I have no factual basis behind this, but my own impressions have been it seems like the bigger the agency, the more they tend to micromanage. Yeah. Or not I want to say micromanage, but dictate specific things. Yeah. So like my agency was small, we had like twenty thousand people uh population that we protected. Thinks that's small. That well, according to your seven people that live in town, <laughs> you know, it is yeah, it is pretty small compared to like neighboring cities that mm-hmm. were a hundred thousand people. We had thirty three officers, and our chief was awesome, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Let me carry my own. I carried for the last few months of my, you know, patrol life. I carried Glock seventeen, an RMR Type two. <laughs> and got to party with a red dot. I built and qualified and carried my own patrol rifle, all that stuff. You guys, you guys don't get to do that. You guys were given a patrol rifle per mm-hmm. squad. I had my own take-home car. You guys don't, which is kind of a bummer, but that's a luxury. Like, very few agencies actually have take-home cars. Yeah. It's going to be one of the biggest things that I miss, actually, because yeah. now i got to tote all my crap. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere so So, um all right well let's get back on track yeah moving on um so okay so you found this you found this agency that you're interested in right yep where do you go from there so at that point start filling out that application packet now some agencies are going to do this thing and it sucks and it is what it is you're gonna either live with it or move on um there are some agencies out there that you still have to fill out by hand like a 40-page double-sided application packet with 10 references, and just do it. Mm -hmm. The whole reason you're doing that is they want to make sure that the applicants they're getting is committed. That's Mm -hmm. the whole point, number one. Number two, if it's that long, whether it's by hand or online, um, that's going to be a background packet as well. They're going to need all that information for a background Uh, best advice that I could give any new recruit looking for a job, don't lie on those packets. Do not, do not lie and do not lie by omission. Yes. Because, um, and that's it. That's a simple mistake to make. Um, it is to think that, well, I was a juvenile when this happened or they don't have the records on it anymore. Yeah. Guess what? Whatever. They can get those records. They will get those records. My so the first eight, there's t- the second agency I worked for. Uh, they actually sent the background investigator an hour down the road to where I lived. Yep. And like started knocking on doors of neighbors. Like they do not. Yeah, they will. They will find. They something. don't mess around with this kind um, of stuff. Your best so. bet, if you have something, if you have a stain on your record, mm-hmm. the best thing you can do is just. Come clean with it. They will ask you about it, 
and you will explain it. Be honest. And odds are, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So here's the, here's the deal. So I worked with a guy who, like, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, was like a crackhead. And he, he was able to talk to Post. He was Post certified, got a job. One of the best narcotics dudes that I know because he knew, right? Yeah. So it's possible. You just got to explain it. Some people, some agencies are like, we can work with that. Some agencies you can't. Get over it. Move on. Okay. So fill out your application completely. Don't omit anything. Even if it's a stupid little traffic ticket, uh, don't just put it in there. Yeah, they're gonna, they're um, gonna find it anyway. Yeah. Um, another good example that I have is like in my situation, my hometown. I have been removed from my hometown now for what, 10, 11 years? Yeah. Um, where, you know, the actual town that I grew up in. And so when I was starting to get into law enforcement and I was looking, um, you know, filling out background packets and whatnot, these uh, background packets were asking for every law enforcement agency that I've ever had contact with. Not yeah, even citations first, or anything like that. I'm talking any contact. contact. Well, there's that almost feels like it's a trap because how what, – what, like the date and time and all that of these contacts, yeah. here's what you got to do. If you run into this situation, you need to sit down and write down every law enforcement agency you've ever had a contact with, um, whatever agency that might be. And then you need to call that agency and do a records or a data request. Ask them for any records of contacts with your name in it. Um, the situation that I ran into was after 10 years or less than that, at you know, whenever I was Elite. first getting into law enforcement, yeah. but it had been many years and, um, my agency from the town that I grew up in no longer maintained records of, uh, from that far back. Right. Cause every, you know, every state's got their data retention policies yep. for how long they have to maintain their records. And I was well beyond that window. Yeah. So I, I, um, called this department. I sent in a, a written request for uh, records. They sent me a letter back saying we have no records under that name. Cool. So again, you are granted the opportunity here to lie by omission. And all it takes is for your background investigator to call up that one guy who was in that department who 10 years you ago, over. who pulled you over. Like, yeah, I says, remember that. Yeah, I remember him. Me. Yeah. So <laughs> Here's what I did. I wrote on my background packet. I said, I grew up in this town. I had contact with this police department. You know, I was pulled over a couple times. I never got any tickets or never got in trouble, but I was pulled over. And so I wrote that and just said, they don't maintain records of this anymore. It's the cool. best. It's Too the easy. best you can do. Yep. Um, so after you fill out, excuse me, and turn in your um, application packet, that agency is going to call you back write you an email or write you a letter inviting you to come test with them. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, random sidebar with that. If you apply for a law enforcement agency, check your mail and check it frequently. I know we're getting into this kind of generation or this world where people don't, you know, we think that people don't use uh, snail mail anymore. Law enforcement agencies will use mail. Yep. Um, a lot of them do. They so, pay for the stamp. Yep. They'll so. pay for that stamp. And so you check your mail. Also check your spam box because you might be getting emails from that agency that your email doesn't recognize and would put it in spam. So what I did with the email thing mm -hmm. is I actually created like a professional email yep. that a bunch of junk doesn't go to. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then I use that as an, a point of contact through my email. Um, so after you send that in, they're going to contact you. You're going to come in and test. My old agency, you went in, you did the written exam, mm -hmm. and then you went out and did you did a, a physical test. Yeah, yeah, you did a PT test. No, not every agency does a PT test. No. Uh, which I don't know if I'm for that or not. This well, agency I'm in didn't do a PT test, and I am okay with that. <laughs> I got the um, yeah. fat from Corona, or at least yeah. that's the excuse that's I'm going to use. Yeah. Um, that's so, my too. Yeah, uh -huh. but I, I, I I've been working on it for like five years. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. from the Corona. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> where was I going with this? Okay. I don't know. You're so that, that's a good note with PT tests. Figure out what that agency's PT test will consist of. Most agencies will have it publicly available. If it's not, maybe just call and say, "Hey, um, I'm applying for this agency. I'm just wondering what your PT test." consists of yep. that way you can practice now yep. are you gonna print are you gonna practice going you know from if you've been laying out on the couch for the last five years and now all of a sudden you want to get into law enforcement you haven't run a day in your life yeah, uh you're not gonna be you're test. not gonna be ready for a mile and a half or a two mile run in two weeks yeah it's not gonna happen test. you should if you want to be a police officer and or if you've been a cop for 10 years or whatever you should be doing your physical You fitness. should be able to maintain some level of physical fitness. You need to be able to go from sitting in your car, bored out of your mind, to shots fired, getting out, running, running and, yeah. six blocks, and yeah. or up, what, 93, flights and flights of stairs, or, yeah. carry people out of the tower. Yeah. So, so. Um, but what all I'm trying to say is you should be able to maintain some kind of basic level of fitness, but fitness every department... Every department has got a different PT standard, yep. and it does not hurt anything to look into those standards and see, do I meet those standards? What do I need to practice? What do I need to do? What do I need to get better at? Yep. Um, so know. go online and look up um, the Cooper standard. Cooper standard. Most, most if you, agencies... If you're good to go on the Cooper standard, you're probably, probably going to be okay. I'm starting to see, or it seems like the trend is moving away from the Cooper standards these days. Right. I know there have been some kind of legal issues regarding it. I think some courts have said that it doesn't apply uh, directly enough toward the job duties relating to yeah. law enforcement. I don't know the details on that. Um, but I think we're starting to see more obstacle course type of thing. I was just going to say the MPAT. Look up if you can you can go to YouTube and look up M Pat M P A T. Mm -hmm. It's the Montana Physical Assessment Test, I believe is what it's uh, uh, short for. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is a really good physical yep. fitness standard to go by. It's an obstacle course that tests your ability to be in a foot chase and then to finish with a takedown. Uh, and arrest of the person who was, and I'm doing big air quotes here, um, running from you. It's it's it it's one of those tests that'll sneak up on you though, because uh, it may look easy, but it's not. Um, so, but then, so you're gonna go in. You're gonna t you. I guarantee you'll take a written exam. I've never I've never had an agency not do a written exam, and then I have. Seriously? Yep. I know several agencies that don't do written exams, actually. Oh, wow. Um, you might do a physical uh, agilities exam. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've only done one of those. 
in all the agencies. I Some states, uh, side note here, I was trying to do a little research on the side here. I couldn't find it, but I know uh, some states have a, it's like a civil service, like physical exam type of deal where I think you actually pay and then you go and take this exam. And then if you, it's physical agility assessment or whatever. And if you pass this exam, they issue you a card and then you need that card to apply for okay. is it, and that's like a state run thing yeah 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 so and then once you pass or or if if you make it past that sometimes it's not a pass fail it's a how well did Score. you do yep. versus yep. somebody else yep. right and then you go on to that list yeah yep. Yep. um once you do that uh if they want you come back mm-hmm. you'll start so uh some places do two different oral boards some places do one the process I'm in has one oral board and yep. like I I will have an interview with the head of this agency whether that be a sheriff or a chief yep. um, but that's let's, later on down the road let's take a quick minute to talk about interviewing some interviewing techniques um, some, just some things like some my limited experience regarding interviews I have interviewed uh, several different times to several different agencies whether it be a sheriff's office, police department, I've applied, I've interviewed for several sheriff's offices and several police departments. Um, the biggest thing that I've seen and heard of from heads of agencies and whether it be feedback directly to me or feedback regarding um, interview processes in general, um, dress for the part that oh you my want. Not just that, not just at the oral board, the entire but process. the entire process. Yeah. I went in last week, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, something like that, to take my my written exam. Mm-hmm. We had dudes showing up in board shorts. Yeah, like I'm guess not, who not didn't okay. get a call back? Yep. You if you show up wearing like yeah. uh, basketball shorts and, and a t shirt. Yeah. Uh, you're you're conveying a message to this this agency that I says don't I don't care do. enough about this to, to display a professional appearance. Right. And part of law enforcement is a professional appearance. You're going right. to be inspected, you're going to be observed by, you know, everybody's looking at you. The yeah. guy that wanted me walking into the LEC uh hey, they may go out and be like, "Hey guy, hey front desk guy, mm-hmm. what you think about that?" applicant but with yeah. how is he dressed now that's not to say for like a written exam that you need to come in a three-piece suit no. that means you come no, in a maybe nice a nice polo and some khakis or something like that or look look, look freaking nice now yeah. when, you, when you go in for your actual oral interview that's that's, that's the time you for your, three piece your suit. sexy suit mm, yeah looking fly yeah. if you are serious about working in law enforcement um the second you get done with school go to a, you know, obviously you don't have to go and spend a thousand dollars on a suit. Go to no, a nice, a nice um, store, yep. whether it be, you know, I don't want to say specific brands, but go to a, you know, a decent store. No, don't go to Walmart and piece together uh, no, a suit. No, don't do that. Go to like a nice tailor. Get a nice That fit. isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg. You're going to pay a little bit. Sure, but it's but worth it's it. it's going to be worth it because that's – You're applying for a job that's going to pay you 
between $45,000 and $80,000 yep. a year. That's going to be the go, difference so. between potentially getting hired and not yep. getting hired. It'll, it'll jockey your position on that list, yep. that list that's for sure. The, so. next, the next piece of advice that I have for interviews, try not to be so nervous to the point where you can't speak. Or you right. can't speak coherently. Or you're stuttering. You're stuttering. You're talking too fast. You're rambling. Um, five times. And this is a problem that I have. I'll admit, when I get nervous, I do the ums and I talk. I over talk. Yeah, I do that. I will. So, and I noticed because I just had an oral board like Monday. Two days ago? Yesterday. And I, they got, they got me on a question that I wasn't prepared for. And so I was like, oh, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm looking kind of down. I'm thinking about the question. I realized, dude, I'm taking a long time to think about this. But it was like a good question. I don't remember what it was, but it like got me. And so I'm like, well, I need to start saying something, right? So I start talking. And this was like mis- mistake number five. But so I start talking and I'm like, I still don't know how to answer this question. And now I'm talking. And now you got two things. Shit, going now on. I'm rambling. Yep. And then all of a sudden I was like, bam, I got an answer got for this. Yep. And so I answered it real quick. And I was like, God, I hope that wasn't bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. So, but that's another uh, tip. And you can go online. Uh, you can go on find YouTube or just board Google questions. search yeah. law enforcement interview questions. They there are, are a bunch of generic nope. questions. Why do you want to be a police officer? Yeah, why do you want to work What is here? the definition of community policing? Yeah. Why did you pick my agent? That yeah. was a question that I was asked. Why did you pick uh, this agency specifically versus the agency over there, which yeah. is also hiring and has better pay than we do? Yeah. You're going to need to answer what do you know? And this is becoming more and more of a question because I was never asked this until yesterday. What do you know about my this jurisdiction? Yep. yep. And That's I was like, another oh, good point. snap. Uh, I know that there's this many people because I always, I'm weird. I always check what the population but is. Do, do like your that. homework. Like, a, holy cow. A yeah. basic search of this agency's website or the city or county or whatever, their website yep. will give you a, a large amount of information regarding this agency. Yep. And you're going to learn if it's densely populated, if it's yep. uh, urban, if it's rural, if it's, uh, is it a university town? Yep. Is it, um, you know, what, what type of industry does it have? Cause all these factors are going to play into the type of policing that you're going to be doing. Yeah. So it's also uh, a good idea to know the mission statement, things yep. like that. Yep. Um, oh, you want to knock? You want to knock the chief or the sheriff out of his chair? No, the mission. Go statement. in there and start quoting. Verbatim. You know, well, why do you want to work here? Well, because you know what? I, I noticed that your 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 agency's mission statement talks about this, that, that, and this, and these are goals that align with my professional goals right. in law enforcement. And I feel that because of these aligned goals, this would make me a good candidate and a good fit for this agency. Yeah, it's going to make them all tingly on yeah. the inside. Yeah. And you're going to start moving up that list yeah. of callbacks. Yeah. But now here's the, here's another thing that I see people do and it tends to not usually end well. Don't Getting into be, arguments with well, the FTO yeah. guy um, on the panel. So <laughs> don't be a pander bear. Okay. Explain. Don't walk into that board. And because this was a big thing. When I was coming out of school, community policing was starting to be the thing. That was the thing, yeah. The problem was that nobody really explained to us 
what community policing consisted of. It was just, oh, you know, do do community stuff. Okay. okay. So you would see a lot of people walk into interviews and they would say, like, oh, I believe in community policing. Okay, how? What? Right. Like what? I said, they asked me specifically, what's the what is your definition of community policing? Right. Um, and I was like, so oh, don't, I don't know. The, but the point that I'm trying to know. make is don't pander to what you think that they want here because you're doing them and yourself a disservice yeah. because there's a reason why they're asking you the, these specific questions and it's because they want to know, are you going to be a good fit in this agency? Well, they also want to know if you're going to bring something to the table. Right. If you sound like everybody else rambling on the same dirty definition of right. whatever they ask you, then they're going to be like, oh, there's another, there's another you know, guy who doesn't right. know what community but my, But my is. point, though, is just like just like you were doing your research into this agency and trying to figure out if this agency is a good fit for you, they're doing the same thing into you. They're, they're, your interview is them doing yep. research into you and finding out if you are going to be a good fit for this agency. Absolutely. And if you point. just start word vomiting all the pre-written lines about, I love community policing and I love this and I love that. And I, if this is why I'd be a great uh, police officer here, you're, you're setting yourself up for a situation that maybe you're not a good fit for that agency and you're going to struggle in the long run because of that. Yeah. So I have, is that horse dead yet? I think so. Okay. Okay. So also one last tip on interviews. <laughs> this is an issue that I've had in prior interviews. <laughs> Shut up. Ted. The horse is, yeah, let me go get you a bigger horse. stick. Yeah. Hold okay. on. Um, Watch out for, and there's a term for it, and I can't remember what it's called. It's an actual like psychological type of term. When you sit down at an interview board, we're subconsciously, our minds focus on who we think is the most important person in the room. Because right. you are trying to find the guy the, or the gal or the whoever is the decision maker, and you are trying to cater to that person. Some, it all happens subconsciously. Yep. Make sure that you're looking around the room. When you walk in, if they if they want to do handshakes, shake every single person's hand. Yeah. Don't start with the guy or girl in the white shirt. Start with whoever it lines up with at the at the table. I just start right to left. So, yeah, I, right to I, left, left to right. Yep. Hi, my name is yep. Zach. Yep. Pleasure um, to meet you, ma'am. My name yep. is Zach. Don't but but with that, do not spend the entire interview locked on the 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 one person yeah. in the white shirt. It's the same thing with like courtroom testimony. Yep. When somebody asks you a question and you're talking to the jury, don't lock on with one person. With the, with the foreman, yeah. Like look, if you spend the entire because same if you spend the entire interview locked eyes thing. with the sheriff, the rest of that interview panel is going to go. He didn't make eye contact with me one time. Yeah, you find out that the commissioner was on the panel, yeah. and then he's like, "Dude's a dick. He didn't look at anybody." And most of the time, the rest of that interview board has the same weight yeah of decision making got as as the say. sheriff or the chief or the head of the agency yeah. so um but yeah make okay. sure you're making eye contact with everybody this is easy if you went to a high school communications mm -hmm. class they'll teach you that yeah um so after the oral boards if you proceed on at that point your background your background investigation is going to start. Mm -hmm. They're going to start. And some agencies, that is when you'll get your uh, conditional job offer. Mm -hmm. 
Now, that doesn't mean that you got the job. It's a little tricky there. Yeah. It is a under hey, this condition, so we, the we want to hire you, yeah. but you have to meet these criteria. Yep. So under these conditions, you you have passed the rest of my stuff, but it, it's a pre, hey, we're looking at you right now. Think about so. it like when you're going to buy or get a mortgage for a house, right? You get pre-approved. The, more, yep. the bank looks at your paperwork and says, okay, I think we can make something happen with this to get you a mortgage. You're pre-approved, but just know we're not guaranteeing you the yeah, mortgage. This is, it's not a guarantee. On these offers. I've, I've been past, I've never actually, um, I've always in every uh, job I've applied for, mm-hmm. I've in every every single one except for the one I'm in now because I haven't made it that far, have gotten that uh, conditional job offer. With so, that though, know that some agencies will give more conditional offers than they have slots for. Yep. I don't think it's the most ethical thing in the world. But know that, hey, just because you got that offer does not mean that it's guaranteed. Nope. And most of the time, it wasn't even anything that you did if you are rejected after giving a conditional offer. Yeah. So after that, um, a lot of agencies are going to start with your background check, and you have no part in that. Nope. That application process, the, all the references you did. That is where they do that. You're On gonna, the back you're of your just, application, you're going to sign a piece of paper that says, I give you, per, I give this agency to permission yep. to talk to these people. And, that, that's and kind of the fun part, background. especially like when it's your first job, kind of hanging back and waiting for all your buddies. And yeah, all your buddies to call, will call. You'll be like, yeah, detective so-and-so called me today. I told them you were an asshole. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but what will happen is they're going to start setting up your psychological eval. And I've never met, I've never seen an agency that does not do those. I think it's it, it's most likely required by law. Um, every agency does it, is what I I'm saying. I think in our current state, it's required by the post board. Yep. Um, so you will do that and uh, dress nice but comfortably for those yeah, because you're, you're going be to spend for a long time. Uh, literally half the day. I think the last psych eval that I did was five and a half hours. Yep, I think the last one I did was about four hours. It is slow death by torture. Yep. Um, I did some 600 questions. questions that, and, yeah. Yep. And yep. then I talked to an and actual psychiatrist. And, yep. Yeah. And they, they're law enforcement psychiatrists. Yep. And the, the one thing, the only thing that I will say about your psych eval is do not answer the way you think that they want you to answer because they will catch you lying and then you will be out. Um, Answer it as honestly honestly and truthfully as you possibly can. Unless the voice... Because they're going to know. Unless the voices in your head tell you not to. Yeah, right. Don't start the place on fire. (laughs) Um, After that, some places do a voice stress analysis, the VSA. Other places do polygraph. I think in this state, their polygraphs are actually illegal or yeah, not utilized. Something like that. State law. I've uh, done. I've done both. I've done polygraphs and I've done voice stress analysis. Which one do you think is more? I don't want to say accurate, but do you have any? So one is a computer program that is programmed to listen to your voice, okay. and I believe they hooked my finger up so they can monitor my heart rate the other one the polygraph is like you got the heart rate and respiration strap and 
the butt pucker uh, <laughs> button and, you know, the blood pressure cough and yeah. it, that you get hooked up. And a guy actually asks, like, goes through questions and then asks you those questions. Um, yeah, it's nothing to write home about, honestly. Neither one of them. If you really look at what they are and what they're designed to do, neither one of them are really that hard. Yeah. It's not a, I don't want to say it's not a pass-fail thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what it's testing is to see how honest you are mm-hmm. and to see if there are any, see if there's anything. Any red flags. Or, yeah, that they need yeah. to worry about. And sometimes, it, so, and here's best advice for this stuff, guys. Don't be overly nervous about yeah. that because you're going to jack it up and then they're going to start asking like, stupid questions like, well, your voice inflection when I asked you if you hang out with criminals suggests that you were not being truthful. And then you're like, uh, uh, you well, know, here's the deal. Well, the yeah. thing is, is you may have been telling the truth, but you're so freaking nervous yeah. that your blood pressure is spiking and you're mm-hmm. sending yourself into a mini panic attack. Don't be nervous. None of this stuff is designed to disqualify a good candidate. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to be a cop and you want to be a good cop and you want to serve your citizens and you just want to be like, you just want to be a really good guy mm-hmm. and you have the right motivations and it's not, I want to be oppressive and I just want to shoot mm-hmm. bad guys and you know, stupid shit like that. Yeah. Um, you're not going to fail this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, the- I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I've been dropped from these things. Hired yeah. Hiring processes. Uh, after the psyche veil, after, uh, I didn't even make it. I have only made it to one of all of the agencies I've tested for and went through backgrounds and stuff. I made it through to, uh, a voice stress analysis and I've made it to a polygraph and that is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those other agencies dropped me either in the middle of a, uh, Background check because they had their people that they wanted to hire and I was just kind of a waste of time all of a sudden because I was lower on that list. It's whatever. There's another agency out there maybe next year. Well, Um, the thing you got to remember too is I bomb my psych because I'm crazy. (laughs) The thing you got to remember is that, you know, you need them more than they need you. Um, There's always going to be more applicants than there are positions available. It's, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're starting at a disadvantage. Yes. So just know that just because you applied for one agency and didn't get hired does not mean it that doesn't you're mean, never going to be a police officer. Yeah, it doesn't mean – I mean, I'm, I've missed out on a lot of agencies that – and honestly, uh, the agency that I finally actually got was probably the best fit for me. Yeah. I worked really well with those guys. I worked really well with my chief. Yeah. Um, I, got, I got a lot of opportunities – yeah. For being as young or as um, inexperienced as I was. I mean, how many dudes two years in, not to toot my own horn, but I'm going to, how many dudes do you know two years in becomes firearms instructor, FTO, gets to party with the big boys in the NARC unit? Drug task force. You know, that, yeah. granted, I uh, don't get me wrong. It's not that I was good at those things. It's that I showed interest and I worked my ass off to get those. Yeah. Um, and I impressed some of the dudes that made those decisions. Mm-hmm. So doesn't mean I was good at it. Uh, I couldn't sniff weed out of a 
paper bag, but whatever. <laughs> so, all right. So, but moving on. I think that one's about done. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and like, I know, um, at least in, in this state, every agency that you apply for is going to require a physical. Yep. Um, that's, they want to make sure you're not going to die of a heart attack. That's two weeks not in. a big deal. They're going to check your vitals and yep. all your stuff. It's a um, history. Remember the physical you did when you were going into like eighth grade football? Yeah. That's all it is. Yep. My last my last physical assessment, the doctor was like, you good? I'm like, yeah. He goes, cool. And he signed yeah. the day. Yeah. I was like, oh, uh, cool, I had, bro. I thanks. I walked in. The nurse took I'm my paying vitals. how much for this? Yeah, the nurse took my vitals. The doc walks in. He goes, yeah, you, you good? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like, is there anything that any, concerns anything, you any about concerns? it? No. Like, no. All right. Well, I think I'm cool. Gonna, yeah. I think have make a good, good day. police officer. Thanks uh, for thanks, doc. You know, 150 bucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. So yeah. So, um, um, but after that, like the last phase of any any of this is probably going to be like a chief's interview or a sheriff's interview. And that is don't. That's nothing really to write home about either. That's the chief or the sheriff who ultimately has the final say on whether they want you. You could be a rock star on paper, mm-hmm. get in front of the chief or the sheriff, mm-hmm. and there's just something about you that they. There's some personality trait that they have that doesn't mesh with yours. Or maybe and that's it, and that's fine. There's maybe nothing you wrong get up with that. Maybe you get up there and the chief's an ass, and then you right? say, "Well, I don't know. You maybe find maybe, out maybe this isn't a good fit for me." Yeah, you know. And that's that's a thing that I think some agencies may forget from time to time, is uh, like in my process, I'm looking at them just as much as they're looking at me. Is this an agency I really want to? How have they treated me throughout this entire? Granted, you know we we all kind of go into it knowing that, like I said, you need them more. Oh yeah, I need this job way more than this job needs me. That's but. But you're definitely going to want to use this time to get a feel for the atmosphere and the environment, the type of agency that you're getting yourself into. And if you get there and you find out that, you know, uh, maybe you start applying and you do your ride along and uh, the guy or or gal that you're riding with says, oh, yeah, no, it's a pretty good place to work, but um, – I don't know. We we work straight overnights for five years or something. And yeah. You know, well, that's a no go for me. So right, I can't do that. You know. Um. So yeah. So after that, after that chief's interview or sheriff's interview, whatever, um, you're gonna find out. Okay, mm-hmm. what's the next process? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna uh, either offer you a job or say, "Thanks for coming." Mm-hmm. Uh, doors that way, mm-hmm. right? So what happens next? Generally, what happens next is going to depend on your state. Mm-hmm. Are you already post-certified? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to probably start some sort of mini academy for that agency mm-hmm. so that you can learn their policies and stuff. No. Or go straight to FTO. I know my yeah, agency had a mini academy for a month long. Mm-hmm. Your agency probably kicked you right out onto the road with an FTO. Well, it depends. Kind of. Um, I mean, you got a qual and everything. You get a couple of days. You got a qual. And so I'll, I'll run you through how it works for our agency. Um, we will actually accept applicants that are not post-licensed but are post-eligible. Um, okay. What that yep. means is that they – or I, I should reword that. They're not post-eligible. They, like, they haven't tested yet. Uh, and so what we will do is – Part of your conditional job offer will be, 
you know, hey, you got to take this test, you got to pass. If you end up in a situation like that, I suggest you take, you sign up for the first humanly possible test that you can find because in the off chance that you don't pass that test, you're going to need some more time to study and get another test and you don't want to lose this job opportunity because you didn't pass the first try. Right. Um, so in my academy, we, yeah. uh, when I was going through the academy, we, we constantly had agencies coming and recruiting us, yeah. and that was a thing too. Like you could, you were allowed to miss one day in the academy that you had to make up with an essay um, to test. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys, and a lot of the agencies were cool. I got one day off. I got Mondays off. Mm-hmm. I went Tuesday through Sunday um, for like five and a half months. And they would get, it was, it got difficult. You know, it was, by the end of it, I was like, finally. So, <laughs> I'm like, finally, I'm taking this damn test. Mm-hmm. So, did um, your academy make you, did you take your licensing exam in the academy? Yes, actually. That was like three days before we graduated. Okay, we so that. you came out post-eligible. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And so, if you don't, like in Colorado, if you don't put yourself through an academy, Sometimes your agencies will put you through an academy or your agency like Denver PD has their own academy and Denver PD, Colorado Springs PD. um, Even if you're post certified, Pueblo PD does this as well. You'll go through their academy. You just don't have to take post at the end of it, which has its pros and cons. I I don't know. I'm not a fan of being tased multiple times. I don't know. Sweat blood. Tell me it's taser day. I might quit. Like, nah, it's cool. I don't know if I would join another department that requires an academy just because of the fact that it's like, you know, I, I, and maybe, you know, the circumstances are going to dictate that, but I'm just, I'm kind of done with it. I might, it was one of the questions that I had as I was walking out of the oral board. Mm-hmm. Um, in the state that I'm going to, I might have to do a 13-week academy again. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's only, what's that, two months? Yeah. Three, or no, three, three, three months? Three months and a That's... couple of days. Is that the end of the world? No. Do getting, I want to? Not really. Are you getting paid to be there, though? Yeah, I'm getting paid to be there. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're making money. Yeah. I can put food on my plate. I just don't yeah, want to. I've already done it. You know, I've already done <laughs> yeah. it. I don't want to. So anyway, it's we're not going, the end of the world. Going back to my going back to my agency, um, we will accept applicants that are not post eligible yet. Um, if they make it through the process, their conditions will be that they have to test. Yep. Um, and pass. Mm-hmm. So then we'll go through the like very similar process to what Zach explained. Um, coming out of that, our agency does not have a, uh, academy being as you're already, uh, you've gotten the state mandated degree with, uh, the, some of these degrees have integrated academies yep. where you're doing your hands-on stuff while you're at school. Uh, some of them have a summer program where yep. you do all your hands-on driving, physical, uh, firearms, all that stuff during the summer. Arresting, yeah, yeah. So that was the route that I went. I took the summer program and then came out. I actually had to go back for another semester. I was short, like, two two classes, I think. Oh, that's lame. And it was it was not fun. Because, you, you know, you get done with that summer program and you just want to go. You want to jump right into it. You're yeah. Like, oh, I have to spend another four oh months. Oh, my God. I have to do freaking psychology class. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyway, so our agency does not have a um, an academy. 
we will start your first. So let's let's talk about that. Your first day. So you you get you finally get hired. You get your physical, your psych, your your background. Everything's good to you go. Know, first day um, you show up to the place you are employed. The first day. Probably gonna do some paperwork with it HR. It is going to be the most boring day of yep. your life. Don't get too excited. You will be disappointed. Yeah. So my first day with my first ever agency, I did not. Uh, I was not expecting. They told me, "Hey, are you free on?" I don't know. I think it was a Thursday or something. Hey, are you free? I'm like, yeah, I'm free. It's America. No. Uh, <laughs> Damn right, I'm free. <laughs> they're like, hey, come on up. Um, you need to qualify. Cool. Okay. So I showed up in khakis and a polo because I'm the professional that I am. Um, and because I knew I was going to be on the range, I qualified with my pistol. Well, I show up and my, my LT, my like patrol commander was like, do you have body armor? I'm like, uh, no, do you? <laughs> Aren't you guys supposed to give me that stuff? Because this was an agency that had already informed me, hey, we're buying all your your equipment. You're, you, you've got the bill for the uniforms, which I had already bought. Um, they were just, I was just waiting on them from our local supplier. And so I go up there, LT's like, you got body armor not yet? No. So he actually, no kid, takes his vest off, throws it to me, says, hey, don't put any holes in it. I'm like, Roger, that. Uh, we go out. Um, I knew I was going to be, I knew I was going to be uh, qualifying, so I brought my duty belt. I got a duty belt in the academy. I had to buy one for the academy. Mm -hmm. So I had a very basic, I had handcuffs. Mm -hmm. I had mag pouch. Um, and then I had like a radio holder Yeah. and they gave me my, uh, they gave me my holster, gave me my pistol, pistol yeah. I'd never used. Mm -hmm. Um, what was that? You had a, was a Smith I had a Smith and Yeah. I'm a Glock guy. Yeah. And they gave me a Smith and Wesson. How was that, like, that, uh, horizontal? I mean, I, trigger <laughs> I passed. Yeah. It's not, it's you not know, the same. it's not, it's a little different, but I passed. So yeah. I passed my qual. And uh, I find out that the guy that I called with, because it was literally, it was the firearms instructor, a dude in full uniform that I had met, like, hey, this is, De you know, so-and-so, this is deputy so-and-so. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, sir, nice to meet you. My name is Zach. He's like, cool, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, don't literally, talk to me. Yeah, don't talk to me. You don't know me. Um, you don't know my, <laughs> you don't know, you my, don't know my story. Yeah. Um, so we shoot, and... Uh, Immediate, and then they're like, cool, so this deputy here, uh, it's going to be your FTO, and you guys just got a call. I'm going to garage that, cool, be safe, bro. And they're like, no, this is your first day. I was like, oh, snap. So I'm in khakis, a polo, and <laughs> uh, uh, outer carrier that says LT on it. I'm like, word, and we're going to a suicidal subject who's armed and barricaded. I'm oh. like, Fuh. So... That was my, that is sometimes, and that was a very, very small agency. Sometimes that's how it goes. Yeah. My second agency showed up. I did my paperwork, and I had a month long. I had two other dudes with me, good dudes, um, some of my best friends, and we go through a month-long academy learning how to do their paperwork, how, how to do, do policies, yep. so, firearm stuff, arrest control stuff, pepper spray, yeah. taser crap. So in my agency. It depends. Um. Your first day, plan on 
being the most boring day of your life. You're going to come in, you know, 8 o'clock or so, you know, dress decent, you know, polo, khakis, something like that. Yep. Uh, you're going to spend the, probably the whole morning doing paperwork with HR, uh, hanging out with the chief or whoever, in, in our agency. You know, you're going to spend most of the first day with the chief. Um, he's, uh, we're in the, kind of in the transition, we're trying to get a new firearms guy, but for now, a firearms and use of force, but for now the chief is the, uh, firearms slash use of force guy. Just small department kind of is what it is. Well, so. when you only have two horses in this, <laughs> yep. one so, horse town. <laughs> so, um, you know, that first day, man, you're going to be, you're out, of, you're, you're, first you spend the whole morning in HR doing paperwork, then you're going to go back, you're going to do... Use of force, self-defense, arrest control, that kind of stuff. With the chief. With the chief. <laughs> that yep. sounds so terrible. Get, uh, get <laughs> comfy times, with the yep. chief. But I will say, though, one of the benefits of that is that it, you it get is... To chief, you get to know your chief. You get to know your chief. Yep. There is a pretty open-door kind of relationship in uh, with, with the whole department. But, you know, a lot of places, you know, maybe you've seen the chief at your... Uh, your interview and you're swearing in and then you never see the guy again because his yeah uh, and the dude walking in past yeah large agency dude walking in past and's like hey and everybody's like sir sir yeah and you're like who the hell is that who the hell is that yeah. oh, that's cheap oh, that's cheap I got a story for you okay. about that with so, before we're done here. so um <clears throat> you know that's about half or you probably your first day but don't be surprised if your first few days you don't even get in a squad car. Yeah, no, it's paperwork central. Paperwork, you're gonna training, do a lot of paperwork. certifications, all that stuff. Um, you know, probably about your second day, you're gonna get with our taser instructor. He's gonna qual you on that quick. You're gonna be doing some more paperwork. You're gonna start getting your FTO stuff. Um, uh, we, being as I actually happen to be the FTO guy for our agency, uh, I, I kind of put a lot of this stuff together. So you're gonna get a, a big book. Yep. And I found that from my experiences of being you know that new guy there was a lot of stuff all at once and it was a lot to process so what i started making was i make i call them fto books and yeah that's it's what just we a, call it's, them a, it's a big binder it's got everything you're going to need to get through fto maps policies uh our union contract our your fto sign-off sheets it's gonna have i mean everything you're going to need to get through fto and so you're going to, your first, you know, maybe your third or fourth day, you're going to get these books and you're going to start looking through it. You're going to start, and then you're going to be looking at policies. You know, and you're going to sit down with you after about your third or fourth day, you're going to get hooked up with your actual FTO. Then we're going to start going through, Hey, these are the expectations of your day-to-day -day life on FTO. We're going to start reading through policies. We're going to start, um, going through the FTO book, talking, you know, your sign-off sheets and yep. all that stuff. And then it's just kind of, you know, putting the schedule together of, you know, the rest of FTO. Yeah. So, too easy, right? Yeah. Ah, yeah. The hiring processes. So, some hiring processes take, like, a month. Some will take, like, a year. Some of them, yeah. Um, I know, I got a buddy who works, Colorado Springs PD. Mm -hmm. it took him 13 months. Yep. Yeah. 13 months before before he got a call back and they because i got a, a bunch of buddies springs pd um before they got a call back 12 months 13 months yeah hey our academy starts in three months yep are you still interested a uh, lot yeah of, you know it happens all the time state troopers state patrol types are like that because they'll maybe they'll only do one academy a year 
And so they'll start building their hiring list yep. the year prior and yeah. doing all their hiring backgrounds, all that fun stuff to get you ready for their academy the next year. Yeah. So um, be yeah. patient with the process, guys. If you if it you takes look a at a second, especially if they're hiring a crap load of people. If you look at that job posting so. and it says posting for eligibility list. Just know that usually means it's going to take a while. Yeah. So, um, story time? Yeah, sure. Do my story? Story time. Okay. So, story time with Zach. <laughs> if that doesn't become a sound clip. That's not a sound clip. Oh, that's going to be a sound clip. <laughs> sound. Okay. Okay. Well, go ahead. You can figure out how to turn that into a sound clip. It'll never be a sound clip. Zach doesn't even know the name of the program that we're using. All right. <laughs> yes, I anyway, do. Story, it's, yeah, story time. <laughs> it's on the computer thingy. That I can't um, That I don't have one of those in my house. Uh, so, okay. So I've mentioned in previous episodes as well that I carry like, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four flashlights. Mm-hmm. Four flashlights. There is a reason for this. Day one FTO. Some FTOs, day one, you go straight and you're driving and you are the guy. If you now if you if you're coming into an agency with prior experience, that chances yeah. are your 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 first your first what would normally be a first week or so is gonna get condensed probably into like your first day. Yeah. So so day one of FTO in this agency that I was at for three years, day one. Um we get I I'm on a, it's an observation day. And it's like the big music festival in town. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like we we also with my hiring group, we also hired a chief of police. Mm-hmm. Was he in your academy? No, he wasn't. <laughs> but, so he actually wanted to go through the mini academy and go through FTO with us. And we're, uh, you know, you know that's not a bad thing. That's like, cool. I give him like, credit for that. Like, of course, you know, our command staff and the you know, city council was like, "What are you high?" You know, but he was like, if you guys need, I need to know the city just as well as our lowest patrol guys. If you need me to go through FTO, I'll do that. So I, I give him props for that. Oh, hell yeah. So, so a, lot um, of chief, a lot of chiefs won't do that. No, a lot of chiefs are like, I don't need to know. Yeah. Uh, my chief was out running traffic every once in a while. Was yeah. Like, terrible. Cause then I'd have ah, chiefs running no, traffic. I got to do I got to go back it up. Now I'm going to end up doing a freaking ticket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, my chief was actually pretty cool. Yeah. He's like, hey, Zach. Some, some friendly advice for you guys. If your chief is out running traffic, do a couple traffic stops. He's sending a message. Yeah. Either that or just shadow him. Yeah. Shadow your chief. He hasn't been on the road in 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure no, I'm, whatever. Uh, <laughs> if my chief ever ends up listening to this, he's peeing himself right now. He's probably <laughs> he's either super pissed or thinks I'm hilarious. I'm hoping it's the latter. It's um, probably not. <laughs> nah, he so fun fact, that was his first day and he was riding with my commander. Mm-hmm. Now I'd met my commander. I'd never met my chief. Mm-hmm. So it's day one, phase one, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It's our music festival, so it's the big, it's busy as hell. Yeah. Um and our drug task force Calls up my FTO and says, "Hey, you got a new guy, right? But we got a uh, we got a PC for vehicle search. Dog hit on it. Bring him down here. Get him some uh, experience." So I I spent the last twelve years prior to this 
being a uh, security guard, doing low-income housing, doing malls, doing other businesses and stuff like that, I have a flashlight. I have a nice flashlight. Yeah. That I... Didn't change the batteries? Didn't charge. Yeah. So what you're saying is... What you're saying is you had a very nice paperweight. Ill-prepared yep. to this, to this first freaking day, right? And it is... Like, 1 o'clock in the morning, I've been using my flashlight all night, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but stream lights don't dim. They go, 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 freaking die. Yep. There's no yeah. dimming to tell There's you. There's no that. <laughs> So, I get out there. The halogen ones were great, because they'll be yeah, charged. They'll, they'll be charged for, like, in 20 minutes. And then they'll be dim they'll for start, the next month. And yeah, then and letting you know. Yeah, yeah. no. My, my dumb ass... I, and I remember specifically going, I charged this last month. I don't need to charge it again. <laughs> it should be good. I haven't used should. it. Yeah. yeah. Famous last words. So I get out. So I've been using it all night. I get out to this stop, got my gloves on, and I'm searching. And I click on my flashlight, and nothing happens. And I got this guy who I've never met before. In uniform, my uniform, looking over my shoulder. No idea who this dude is. Wasn't paying attention. Didn't care. I was searching this car. And he goes, hey, brother, what's wrong? You flashlight out? And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. You know, don't tell my FTO. This is so stupid. Like, I feel like a dumbass. And he goes, you need to borrow one? I'm like, yeah, dude, that would be awesome. Thanks, brother. He gives me his flashlight. I do my thing. I find a bunch of meth. It was freaking cool. Turn around, because my FTO is like looking at me, like, whose flashlight do you have? Because my flashlight's sitting in the <laughs> little holder on my stupid belt. I'm holding this really nice, like, dual switch, <clears throat> sexy flashlight, bright as the sun. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a nice flashlight, you know? He goes, whose flashlight do you have? And his eyes start getting big, and I'm like, I don't know that guy's. And I look over, and he's got freaking brass on his collar, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> that's the freaking chief. So I was like, yeah, bro, I need a flashlight because I'm a dumbass. And it, the chief's like, here you go, man. You're welcome. Like, I was like, oh, shit. So I go up to him and I didn't. And earlier that day, I, I you know, I was on a traffic stop and my, my FTO was like, here, run this. Well, I'd never run a, um, an ID before. I had no idea. So I walk up to my commander who was shadowing us. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, how do you do this on the radio? And he tells me it was cool. Yeah, found out that it was my my chief was riding with my commander. So I, I was like, Jesus, you know, I look like an <laughs> asshole in front of the chief. That's stupid. Yeah. So yeah, now I keep a flashlight in my thing and I kept the charger in the locker and I keep another flashlight in my patrol bag and I kept a long like mag light in my seat organizer and so you have flashlights, is what you're I, I have I have plenty of charge. I keep extra batteries. I hoard batteries in my patrol bag. Like never again was I gonna look like a dickhead in front of my chief. <laughs> Found a buttload of freaking dope though, and so I well, hope you know, that looked good. But that's a pretty cool first day though. That was cool. I dude, I, we almost like we had some crackhead try to break into a house and. Some other crackhead shoot at him, and we responded to that at four o'clock in the morning. And I almost shot somebody on my first day. It was like, uh, this is gonna be a great, you know, this is gonna be a great job. I love this. Mm -hmm. So, 
So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a good time, too. So I know you previously had mentioned that your agency does kind of like a FTO exit interview kind of thing. Or? Yeah, we do. A, we call them BOEs. BOE stands for Board of Evaluation. So once you've gone through, so we had phase one was a month, phase two, phase three were all months. Mm-hmm. And then we had a phase four. It was a ghost phase. You're, F, you're phase one FTO because he was the first to see you looking all like hot trash. Terrified. Uh, yeah, and shitting your pants. And then to get to phase four, and he's the the FTO that in, initially was like, okay, this is what I got to mold. And then in phase four, he's like, this is the final product. Are they ready? They're really only looking for the bare basic solo officer. Can he survive in a solo capacity? Yeah. With, you know. Yeah. And so. Are we going to be negligent in letting you. Yeah. Drive a squad car by yourself. First day. Crash your car. Kill people. Yeah. Um, Burst into flames. So what is, what is this board? So board of evaluations after your phase four and your phase four FTO signs off on you. Your board of evaluations for me consisted of three people. Um, the three people in my BOEs was the under, uh, the deputy chief and then my two commanders, my patrol commander, um, or operations commander, and then my investigations commander, mm-hmm. uh, or something like whatever, patrol and investigations commanders. Yeah. And I walked in there shaking like a leaf. Oh yeah. So uh, you can be a rock star all the way through FTO get to your BOEs, shit your brain, completely fail, and get fired. Um, it, you know, it wasn't uncommon that cops would burst into tears. This was super, like... And it's, so yours, it's was a, pretty, yours was pretty intense. It's a more intense oral board. Yeah. What is the policy? You know, and they're just... It, it's by design, though. They, they want you to be hella stressed out and then See how be able to answer those questions. Under that kind of stress, asking, hey, what's the procedure for booking in juveniles? Because there's state law that do you have to follow that. that? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Your, your agency get to a whole bunch of trouble for asking that up. Yeah. So, you know, they're called high liability policies. Yeah. yeah. And so they start asking you questions about that stuff. Your pursuit, your use of force, yeah. or stuff like um, that. They give you scenarios that incorporate those. And, man, yeah. I was sweating yeah. You know, and I had commander, like, he asked me a question. I gave him the uh, academy answer, not knowing. And I had to go to, like, the professor. Uh, we had a, a sergeant we called the professor because he knew everything. Everything, yeah. Um, and I asked him the same questions, and he gave me the same answer I did. Um, it was, and I'll ask you this because I don't think I'm breaking any, any rules, but if you pull somebody over... And the passenger, for like speeding or something, and the mm-hmm. passenger um, jumps out of the car, starts running. Or no, let me rephrase that. You request ID from the passenger, mm-hmm. and he tells you to go kick rocks. Do I have a lawful reason for compelling identification from the passenger? So there's case law that says, as long as you have lawful reason to compel. Reasonable uh, suspicion. Yep. Uh, they have to identify right. themselves. Right. I didn't know that. I thought, no, man, I'm pulling this person over for running a stop sign or whatever. Mm-hmm. I cannot, you know, I have no reason to. The passenger didn't commit the violation. Exactly. Um, and he was like, well, 
are you sure? Uh, yeah. Are you positive? I'm like, uh, are you sure? Well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so the answer to that is there is case law now that says that it, if uh, it's actually, and it could just be Colorado thing or that judicial district, um, you don't need that reasonable suspicion anymore. So I think, I don't know. I personally, I never liked the answer I got, so I didn't do it much, but yeah. I think somebody might have screwed that up a little bit or something, yeah. but I know it's that. brand new case laws of three, three and a half years ago or something like that. So I didn't like it, so I never did it. I My mean, thing is. Because I got to go to court on it, so, but. I, and here's the thing, you know, you, you tell a really fine line when you're looking at doing like a like say a consensual contact kind of thing. Um, you know, sure. I always, if I'm going to ID someone, I, Oh, you always got to back it up by something. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's, you know, I like, I don't know. I, 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 I struggle to even think of a situation where in Colorado state law requires that if you're going to identify someone, it's because, you're investigating something. You're investigating articulable suspicion right? of a crime so, or criminal activity. In Colorado, if if I am investigating a, a potential crime, they legally have to identify themselves to right. me, which is what this question was going towards. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm just not remembering the question in its entirety, and I'm missing right. a key detail, but, which is so that you know. And there's people out there that are gonna you know uh, look at. I'm sure there's people that are listening at this, you know, screaming and, and throwing Yeah, like, you're fucking wrong, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but my whole thing is, you know, you can consensual contact or consensually, you know, hey, what's your name? Or, you know, hey, I'm Kyle, what's your name? Um, and I've done that, like, just talking to people walking down the side of the road or whatever. You used to do that all the time. Um, but, you know, you got to know that line where, you know, if it's a consensual contact, they're free to leave. They feel free to leave. They also have to feel that they don't have to tell you their name. Yeah. And I've, I've had people where, you know, I roll up, hey, Kyle, how's it going? What's your name? And they say, I'm, uh, I don't want to tell you. Okay, okay. Have a nice day. Have a good night. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, but so I, on the, the flip side of that though, is you got to know where that line is because I've also been, had reasonable articulable suspicion to compel identification from someone and I've come very close to bringing people to jail because they refuse to identify themselves. For obstruction? Yeah, yeah. You better know. Yeah. You got to know your case law and you got to know your state laws yeah. on that though because yeah. there's a difference between seeing somebody walking down the road at 2 a.m. Mm. and you're not up on and the fun recent thing. crime stats. That's reasonable articulable suspicion. Recent crime stats say somebody's walking downtown at two o'clock in the morning, Car break and, and you don't know. You don't know the recent crime stats, and you stop somebody and do a consensual stop at that point, yeah. and say, "Hey, man, you know, it's Officer Zach with such and such agency. You good? What are you? What are you doing out here at two o'clock in the morning?" Yeah, and they're like, "Uh, kick rocks, homie." At that point. Because you don't know, mm -hmm. like, all right, cool, have yeah. a nice night. If you didn't versus, if you didn't pay attention at shift, shift, 
Your shift change. Shift change. Uh, uh, you didn't hear, you know, the, the shift sergeant talking about the, the string of car break-ins in yep. that neighborhood over the last Because now you have a reasonable suspicion. Because now you have a reason. You can say, stop yeah, that guy, compel ID, and figure out, you know, hey, are you, are you my guy that's breaking into no. these cars? You and know? at that point, all you're doing is identifying, right. asking a few questions, finding out your key things. What's your name? Date of birth? Address, phone number, what are you doing tonight? Yeah. Um, where are you coming from? Where are you going? Things like that. And that will come with experience. But anywho. So yeah, um, I think we talked about, you know, the the whole hiring process and how to pick your agency and how to get through their hiring process, um, FTO, all that. I'm gonna give uh being an FTO, uh, I think Zach will probably agree with me here. Uh, the golden secret of how to survive FTO. Ready? You guys ready for this? Keep your mouth shut. Do what you're told. Ask questions when you have questions. Oh. It's really pretty much that simple. It really is. I don't know too many people that straight up fail out of FTO. Well, it's, it's not a system designed to get people to fail. It's no, because you're eating. designed to get you as much experience as physically possible if you're in at a the, short time. If you're at the point where you're on FTO with a law enforcement agency, that agency has invested time and money and resources into you. They want to see you succeed as much as you want to succeed. Nope. And all you have to do is want to succeed. Do what you're told. 100%. Study your town. Study your, your, your policies, your laws. It's, it's not as hard as people think it is, but you got to put the effort in. Absolutely. Too easy. Mm-hmm. FTO is, is super stressful, and it's a lot. But it's stressful, and it's a lot by design. Yep. You They want you to be – they're giving you a lot because there's just so much that goes with making those decisions every single day. They yep. want you – FTO, by and large, is designed to get you – from the academy to a solo officer on patrol in as short of time period as possible. And there are agencies out there that don't do long enough FTOs, and there are agencies out there that they kill, they beat that horse to death, and you're, like, ready to join friggin' investigations by the the time time you're you're done with FTO. Yeah. 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 So, um, big secret, big secret. And being successful in law enforcement. What's your what's your big secret in being successful in law enforcement? Never stop being willing to learn. Hundred percent agree with that. As as a firearms instructor, I can't tell you how frustrating it is having a student who thinks that they know more than you and not willing to listen to what you say. But the flip side of that too is don't be the guy who thinks that just because you're the firearms instructor if somebody walks in and says, hey, I completely understand and respect that you're oh, a firearms 100%. instructor, but I've noticed that, hey, this this tends to work for me. Yeah, well, and if you're a firearms instructor worth you're any gonna, kind of salt, you're you'll take know, that feedback. Yep. Yeah, you'll know that there is no perfect system. So yeah. uh, my, beginner, uh, my big secret, my advice is knowing case law. Know your case law. Know what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed yep. to do. Um, I think that with the recent things going on uh, in our law enforcement community right now, I think a lot of that is dictated by case law. Mm-hmm. And if um, 
citizens who are quick to judge law enforcement, understood case law, yep. we probably wouldn't have as big a commitment. Yeah. If maybe the, not that I would throw anybody under the bus, but the prosecutor out of Atlanta knew yeah. even a little bit of freaking case law, yep. stopped playing po- political games. Politics, yeah. Um, those two officers who were completely legal and justified in that shoot, in my opinion, uh, wouldn't be on a $500,000. Yeah, well, that's right that, that situ- I, I, I have to believe that that situation is going to be remedied. Um, that's going to be a big in, lawsuit in favor too. for those officers because I just you can't. How can you have you know a couple weeks prior to this incident and say that um, you know come out and fire officers for using a taser, saying that it's deadly force, and then turn around and say when these officers are faced with a taser, oh now it's not deadly force. Make up your mind. All right, I right. think that horse is pretty well dead. That's a shit show. <sighs> yep. All right. Anyway, hit us up on uh, contact.shift.change.podcast at gmail.com or the Shift Change Podcast Facebook group. Uh, We want to hear from you. All right. Thank you. Peace.